guys I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Just before we go to the reading of the words, brother is our elder. Brother, you know there is a brother. Okay. Amen. Brother Sipoyo, the father to Brother Clement, uh, has passed away. Amen. Uh, he he was quite aged in years, and. allow me to talk amen <laughs> so he was he was quite aged i think he was 80 80 something years uh, last month or so brother clement and i rushed to see him where he was at the old age but this morning we are told that he, he is no more amen but he he is a believer a soldier of the cross many many years in this message amen so that we really appreciate the life that he has lived. And I think Brother Clement would get a comfort in knowing that my father was a believer. And there is a land beyond the river. Amen. There is a land beyond the river. Amen. When such things have happened, it's painful, but what can we say? We know that they are in a much better place where even if we could invite them to come here, they would say, you rather come up where we are. Amen. Amen. Heaven is a much better place with a much better body. Amen. Amen. Let's just turn our Bibles. If I may have a volume on the monitor. If we may turn our Bibles to the book of book of Matthew, Matthew 18, verse 15. Matthew 18, verse 15. Let's read it together on the screen. Says, moreover, if thy okay, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Amen. You go where? You don't call. You go to him. Amen. Verse 16, but, uh, or I'm still on verse 15. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, 
Then take with thee one or two more. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, uh, every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews 12. The verse will be 13. Hebrews 12, verse 13 to 15. I found it written this manner. And make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it be rather, but let it be, let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men. And holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. As we bow heads, gracious heavenly Father. We appreciate your grace this evening. Made it possible for us to be here this evening. We are under great expectations as we come to fellowship around your weight. Your weight makes us better. And I believe believers will agree that there is nothing that can contribute to the betterment of a believer in the end time except the word of God. There's just so many things, there's many self-improvement programs. Even the people that have architected those improvement programs, many of times they come to the point where they are being filled by their own programs. But the scripture says, heavens and earth shall pass away, but my way it shall never pass away. And this evening, how much more we are thankful to your God to acknowledge that there is a God that can never fail, a God that remains unchanging in an ever-changing world. Heavenly Father, once again, we remember our dear brother.
Uh, Sister Irene, the wife to Brother Francisco, she may be going through labor tonight. Amen. So they have gone there just to give a moral support. Amen. Uh, it looks like the baby room is beginning to be packed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the sister Lorraine is, and Brother Fanny are the grandparents uh, again to uh, Sister Tepang. Amen. Now, Brother Lipad was saying this Tepang was inspired by the other Tepang. Amen. So, we appreciate the Lord for what He's doing among us. The children are inheritance of the Lord. Amen. So, we appreciate this bundle of joy. and we know that uh, the parents will bring them to the Lord so that we dedicate them. And the church is growing. Amen. Amen. The church is growing. Because the church can grow either by baptism or by natural way. Amen. We appreciate the Lord the natural way as well. Now... On Sunday, we spoke on divine healing, and I want to continue where we left off, or there are some statements that I made, and when I went to revisit what was spoken, I thought it is necessary to revisit some statements, and maybe be more emphasized on some of the things that were spoken on Sunday because I believe those things are critical. Amen. Amen. One statement that I mentioned was that, uh, you remember when I gave an example about the organ transplant, that if they move an organ from one patient to the next patient, they've got to administer or trigger uh, the stress hormones. And the reason they uh, give the patient the stress hormones is to suppress the immune system so that it must not attack the new organ that is being implanted in the body. Because if the immune system can recognize the organ as a foreign object, if it is a heart, a liver, or a kidney, the immune system will release antibodies that are going to attack that particular organ and they will destroy it. Are we together? Now, immune system, what makes you to be not susceptible to diseases, viruses, and all those infections, it is your immune system. The stronger the immune system, the the stronger your immunity towards the diseases. But when the immune system is compromised, it makes it difficult for you to fight uh, infections. Amen. Now, uh, what, what I said is they, they suppress the immune system by using stress hormones. So that means even if there is no organ transplant operation, 
but you are in a constant state of stress. Your immune system is compromised. And if it is compromised, that is why it is easier for you to get sick. Are you with me? When I said on Sunday, it is absolutely critical. When you are happy, Satan can never make you sick. I'll repeat, if you are happy, Satan is not going to make you sick. But when stress hormones are heightened, your immune system is compromised. And that is why uh, I said to you, your body has got a natural way of healing itself. You remember I spoke to you about it? Amen. Now, let's put it this way. Brothers, just be careful of the uh, cable there. Amen. I, I want to speak on the poison of unforgiving spirit. The poison of unforgiving spirit. Uh, are you with me? I think up until where you are tonight, the, there's been people that have wronged you. And there will still be people that are going to wrong you. Amen. That's the reality of the matter. And not, at no point in time, you will be immunized. And what brings hurt is, you know, and nobody can never hurt you. But uh, you're going to be hurt by people that are close by to you. That, that's what brings hurt. And, and sometimes it would even be fellow believers that may hurt you. And Satan loves it, especially when he can associate your hurt to your faith. Because he knows that your faith strengthens you. And the best way to discredit your faith is for the people that associate with your faith to hurt you so that you can disconnect from your faith. Are you still with me? Now, forgiveness, or maybe before I get, uh, we are being encouraged to commemorate the life of Nelson Mandela and despite what you may, your opinions may be on the man, but he, he has been an outstanding leader of this country. And I think Brother Brenham, if he was still alive, he would have called Nelson Mandela uh, a gentleman. If he called, is it Jeronomi? You remember the Mexican guy? Uh, hallelujah. Brother, maybe bring that so that they must not say, I, I bring up something. There is a quote of Mexican leader. You can just say, is it, was it, come on message, but was it, the pronunciation, is it Jeronomi? Je? Jeronimo. Oh, bring the quotation Jeronimo. I think Brother Roman spoke about the guy two times, uh, just before I qualify what I need to say. Um, it starts with a G. But while they are looking for it, 
Nelson Mandela, uh, and I can proudly quote this man, and a lot of times he was, he was not a believer. Nelson Mandela was not a believer. He was just a politician and went into prison for 27 years. You know the background. Came out of prison and spoke profoundly about this area of forgiveness. And I'll, I'll come to that. When he said, when a deep injury is done to us, we never heal until we forgive. Do you agree with him? Amen. Amen. Some people, because they, they live in a mystical or in, a, in an illusion, when you quote Nelson Mandela, they say, why Nelson Mandela? This guy is much better than some of the so-called Christians. There are some Christians that have got a Bible, goes to church, but they can't forgive. Here is a man that, as far as we know, he was a Methodist before he went into prison. When he came out, we were quite uncertain as to what he was. But the first thing that he came out, he invited the wife of Fervut and went and have dinner with him. And everybody was asking what is happening. He said, I've realized that when I forgive, I free myself. So he said, the forgiveness that I'm giving out, it is not for the perpetrator, but it is for myself. Now, even an unbeliever can speak in this manner, how much more about the people that claim to know God? And whether you like it or not, even within message cycles, we begin to see a high rate of this unforgiving spirit. It is there at pastoral level, it is there at ministerial level, it is there at the, the congregation level, and we had much better say it, that is not the spirit of God. It is just a poison in the church. Today, when you meet this message believer, he doesn't get along with this other one because in 1983, this is what happened. Even their children can't get along together because of something that happened in 1983. I don't care about what happened in 1983. I want to get along with every brother. I don't say they are perfect, but I should love them equally. And actually, I should even love them more when they are wrong. I should love them more even when they are wrong. Now, Brother Branham says about this man, he says, I was staying the other day in my home country there, now in Arizona, I read when I was a kid, about Geronimo. And, uh, and is it Kohi? Kochais? And those old Apaches, because I preached to them up there. Uh, fine people, some of the finest people you want to meet are those Apache Indians. Go down. Um, okay, it says... And then I went over there to Tombstone where they have all the old lyrics and things from the war. They always, you know, they always classed Geronimo as a renegade. To me, he was a red-blooded American, absolutely. He was fighting for his rights like any would do. He wanted not that pollution in his nation. You can find about the men as you read about. The whole Americans, they regarded him as a renegade, but your prophet comes and he calls him a gentleman. 
That's why I say sometimes how we see things is not how a prophet will see things. That's why I say had the prophet been around, he might have called Nelson Mandela a gentleman for a forgiving spirit. Amen. Now, Brother Branham, I would want to read that quotation again that I read on Sunday. Uh, Brother Branham in the message, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this is the quotation that will stay with us. I read it the other Wednesday on Sunday. I'm reading this quotation once more. God don't want you to be frowning. God wants you to be happy. The human heart was made to be happy. Worry will cause cancer. Temper will cause cancer. Don't never be upset. Just walk in his love. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says, let the sun not set while you are still angry. Why, why is the Bible being prescriptive and say a human heart was made to, brother, say a human heart was made to be happy? Your Bible says it must, the sun must never set while you are upset. There is somewhere where they are going. Let me just bring what this uh, cancer treatment center in America said. They said unforgiveness, unforgiveness is even the Mayo Clinic. Uh, I uh, agreed with them on this statement. Unforgiveness is classified in medical books as a disease. Unforgiveness is classified in medical books as a disease. According to Dr. Stephen Stanford, Chief of Surgery at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, refusing to forgive makes people sick and keeps them that way. Hallelujah. Most people are sick because they cannot forgive. Even Christians, some Christians are sick because they cannot forgive. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, even, even in the family, you know what I'm talking about. There are some sibling rivalry where this one doesn't get along with that other one. And over the years, that conflict gets heightened as they grow is because of the spirit of unforgiveness. Amen. Hallelujah. Even in a church environment, people step on each other's toes. And as a result, what is happening? That unforgiving spirit goes into the system and pollutes the system. There are some young men today that are walking around as grown-ups, but they still have a burden of things that have happened when they were still young. Why? The father checked out on them without notice, and they had to fend for themselves. And the young man grows up with a spirit that I was once rejected, I am not worthy in any way. And as he grows up, he develops a, a certain, a, a, a poor self-esteem. And as he does that, then it escalates to a point where he might even become violent. Some families don't have peace, but it's not because of what's happening in the family. It's because of what happened in childhood. Uh, are you aware of things that I'm talking about, folks? Hallelujah. They continue. I'll just give you the highlights. They say, of all cancer patients, 61% have forgiveness issues. 
61% of cancer cases that this organization dealt with, when they delved into those cases, they found out that cancer was not the problem. It was a symptom of a hidden problem. The problem is that they had issues with unforgiveness. I told you on Sunday that most of the patients that recovered from stage 4 cancer, a lot of them before they recovered, they had to search in their lives and found that they harbored a certain bitterness towards certain people and they had to forgive those people. And by forgiving them, they released that poison out of their system and they were completely delivered. Are you still with me? Harboring these negative emotions... This anger and hatred creates a state of chronic anxiety. And chronic anxiety very predictably produces excess adrenaline and cortisol, as we spoke, which deplete the production of natural killer cells, which is your antibodies, which is your body's food soldier in the fight against cancer. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? So that means the recovery rate, and maybe you may not know, uh, and some, uh, somebody, I've heard somebody whose family was killed, and she wanted to know that, uh, yes, everybody says I must forgive, but how do I forgive? Because we speak about forgiving, but a lot of times we don't teach people on how to forgive. But because uh, we live in a generation, I hear the young generation today, Whenever somebody has done something wrong, they, they normally would speak about, they call it what, karma. They say, karma will visit you. Let me tell you something. You will be sitting there expecting karma to visit somebody. They will progress and progress. And as they progress, you get sicker and sicker. Because why? God will never allow the spirit of vagency compromises you than the perpetrator. Sometimes you just need to let go and say, I forgive. Hallelujah. It doesn't make them right, but it releases you from being attached to that individual and the deeds of that individual. Then you move on with your life. Stop expecting karma to visit people. It will never visit people. Are you still with me? Now, Brother Brenham says here before... I get into some other things. He says, I think it was our brother Peter. Brother Peter comes to Jesus in Matthew 18, verse 21. He says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Till seven times. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seventy. Now, when you come and you find the biblical language for 70 times 70, it means infinity. That means as long as you are here, you are obligated to forgive your brother and forgive your sister. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen on that? Let me tell you something. You can never forgive, experience the value or know the value of forgiveness unless you have experienced forgiveness as a certain level. Because what you receive, you pass it. If you receive bitterness, you pass bitterness. If you receive forgiveness, you pass forgiveness. 
Forgiveness is the only act I know in message circles who want to say the third pool ministry, speak it and it will be in existence. Before you get there, the only act that can make you act like God is the act of forgiveness. As I forgive their trespasses, as you forgive me of my trespasses. Can we get an amen on that one? Uh, uh, do you agree that uh, we are beginning to have complexes in the message, divisions in the message, but all that it is reflective of what, uh, what we are deficient of, which is just the spirit of forgiveness. There are people that would never visit certain people because of things that have happened. And yet on Sunday, they say, amen. That some of them preach about it. What a hypocrisy. I say, what a hypocrisy. Even an unrepented man like Nelson Mandela can go and have dinner with the wife of a man that jailed him for 27 years. And you are a Christian. You can't fellowship with a fellow brother or sister that are in the message. You are in a worse position than when Nelson Mandela was. Amen won't come because I'm creating a certain degree of easiness in the building. Hallelujah. You can't. Complex is not of God. Bitterness is not of God. Unforgiving spirit is not of God. Mean spirit is not of God. Critical spirit is not of God. God is love. God is peace. God is long-suffering. All those virtues are the attributes of the spirit. And every believer has to possess that. Are you still with me? Let me get to the... The Bible says as we move, come back to Matthew 18, verse 15. It says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. Hallelujah. Uh, today, let's agree. A lot of times, uh, you, 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 you have a fault with the brother. The wife hates you. Because the brother didn't come to you. He went and had a pillow talk uh, about you instead of resolving the issue. Uh, Hallelujah. That's unscriptural. If there is a matter, you go to the individual that it affects and say, my brother, because every, every offense is of Satan. Satan sees an opportunity to bring, because what's happening, he's a, he, he, he brings a wedge, he brings a division between a brother and a brother and a sister and a sister. Are you still with me? But it says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. This takes a certain level of maturity. This takes a certain caliber of a person. This requires integrity. This requires somebody that knows and knows that I am a Christian and I abide by certain values. Because why? To confront your brother with the trespasses that he has committed against you, it needs God. It needs you to face them and say, my brother. But a lot of times when you do that, the moment you kickstart this process, right there at the beginning, Satan is defeated. But how Satan get involved in the process is when I pick up the phone, I've been offended by Brother Lawrence, but I call Brother Michael. What does Brother Michael have to do with what Brother Lawrence has done? And what he does 
he, he as well does not advise me because a human being by nature without God we are hypocritical. He is going to try to understand my story and say, my brother, if I were you, I would be as angry as you are. These things are not supposed to be in the message. This brother does not behave like a brother. And not long he goes to Brother Tloti and says, Brother Tloti, that man, not long the body is divided because one failed to be mature. Folks, if you want to be respected in the faith, have the boldness and the backbone. If you are being offended by an individual, face the individual and say, I'm unhappy about this. Do you be, am, I, am I still preaching the gospel here? Or does it sound strange? Are you here, folks? But if, you, if you're going to get somewhere with God, you can't get anywhere when you are hypocritical. You've got to be as real as real they can be. Until everybody can say, that guy, I don't like him, but I know he's genuine. Because when you are hypocritical, even the hypocritical people will know that you are hypocritical. Amen. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. How many, how many brothers did we lose because we did not adhere to this principle? And a lot of times, because the reason we don't adhere is because the one thing that we don't want to do is to forgive. And we are looking for excuses so that the root of bitterness can spring up. We are looking for reasons that we can be justified. Let me tell you the reality of the matter. I say you are going to be offended, and you are going to be offended as long as we are here. How you react to the offense determines your pedigree whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. Oh, somebody thinks that when we are together as human beings, it's always, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. I was blessed. No! There are times when the emotions can be high. There are times when, when we can be offended, rightly so. But our reaction to it, it shows whether we are Christian or not Christian. Are you still with me? Today I see Christians fighting battles that they have nothing to do with. A battle erupts in America, you fire, you are involved in it here in South Africa, you don't even know how it started. Just because you want to take sides. Are you still with me? I remember when, when in the message cycle, the most painful moment that we've ever, ever had in the message was when there was a disagreement around the copyright in the message regarding voice of God recording and as well as what, when, when voice of God, I don't know, when they engaged the other brothers and say, you must stop printing the spoken word. Right there, there was a rift in the message around 2000. And every brother that you met, some took sides with this one, some took sides with that one. Then some of us were looking at them and say, what is really happening? Because both of them, they want to advance the message, how it can be debated. But we are still brethren because the end goal is the same. But it shows you how sometimes we can be divided by pettiness. Are you with me? But... 
If he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every way it may be established. So that means a brother has offended you or a sister, you take another brother or a sister, or you go first alone. And after you have failed to get a, to come to an amicable solution, then you get another brother or another sister. Then you go and sit them with, just to reason with them over the mat. If they still cannot see reason, then the, uh, the Bible says, right there, then it is brought before the church. And when it is brought before the church, then it gets declared that our brother is now being regarded as a heathen and a publican. Because why? Brothers have tried to reconcile him. He was irreconcilable. Are you still with me? But today, even our ministers, they bring it before the pulpit before they go to an individual. Uh, hallelujah. They drop names of people on the pulpit before they have spoken to them. Hallelujah. That's a sign of immaturity. If I have not, if Brother Michael has offended me, before I mention him, I must have followed this scriptural process. I must go to him. I must take another brother to him. Later, then I can start mentioning him in the sermon and say, our brother did not repair. But if I do that before I go to him, it's unscriptural. It breeds a spirit of bitterness. It poisons the church. Amen. Are you still with me? Brother Branham says in this message, he speaks about in the, in the church age of Smyrna, in the church age book, he said the only thing that matter, get all these little differences away from you. The only thing that matter, get all these little differences away from you. Little isms, little funny feelings around you for brethren, and things like that. Shake it away. Don't let no root of bitterness ever get into your soul. If you do, it will canker you, meaning it will destroy your soul. Keep love. I don't care how much people hate you. You love them anyhow. Hallelujah. A Christian does not retaliate to hatred with hatred. He retaliates to hatred with love. Amen. Tonight, have you got the ability to love those that hate you? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I was telling a sister in Nelspreet that she was trying to tell me about how somebody gossiped around about her. I said, sister, uh, right here, I'm not going to blame gossipers. I'm going to put a blame right on your head. And she was shocked and said, how can you blame me for what gossipers are saying? I said, how did you hear about gossipers? What link? Because if you are not operating in an environment of gossipers, you will not hear gossipers. For the mere fact that you hear gossipers, it means that you, because gossipers are chickens. Only eagles never, never gossip. It's only chicken that gossip. And for an eagle to hear chickens gossiping, the chickens will never go to the hive where the eagle saw. That means the eagle has got to come into the chicken barnyard and hear what the chickens are saying about it and complain about it and be depressed about it. I say, sister, increase your altitude. Are you still with me? 
I, I was telling somebody, I say, we are getting to an age, you cannot, at some I was talking to my wife, I say, when you reach a certain age, you cannot complain about fake friends. You're, it's just a misrepresentation of yourself. How do you, as a 60-year-old woman, complain about fake friends? How are you going to, if at 60 you are not able to pick up real friends, and you complain about fake friends at 60, what's going to happen to your children? It tells us that you have never even graduated from the university of life. You still attract fake friends. So come on, some of the complaints, they reflect the level of your maturity. It's becoming tough, but let it be tough. Uh, hallelujah. Well, why? If, if, you, if people just say, stay at home and drink water. Uh, it's a solution. Uh, are you still with me? Uh, but, but, but because always we human beings, we love to complain. We are looking for things to complain about. Somebody told me that uh, I think they are doing... A, a presentation at their school. Then he wanted to say, Pastor, can you help me with some points in terms of, because I need to present on the impact of social media on young people. I said, by all means, I'm going to help you on that. And I begin to show that what is happening, and I've said it in this chair, that social media transmit a negative energy. <laughs> Hallelujah. A lot of times, that's the factor. That's the, the, today, somebody is depressed because somebody bought something new and put it up as a WhatsApp status. Then they get depressed. Oh my, it is. Oh, come on. Don't ever compare yourself with people. We need for people to be content with who they are. Can we get an amen on that? Wouldn't get much amen because we live in a comparative society. Have you seen these days, you can't even have a decent conversation with somebody. If you tell them that, oh, rather, when I was in Limpopo at this place, they say, hey, even me when I was in KZN. <laughs> but I have not finished what I was telling. You don't even hear what I'm saying about Limpopo. But you already want to match my experience that, oh, even me, I was in KZN. Isn't it because we are comparative? Brother Brenham says happiness is not how much of worldly goods you possess. It's what you are content with what you have. Are you still with me? Some people were depressed because somebody put something on social media. It looked like they were on a flight, but later they realized that they were not in a flight. Actually, it was a two-liter uh, milk, milk bottle right in between. It looked like they were in the flight. But how many pe- other people got depressed and said, she's now on the flight? People have been depressed by silly things. Even Christians are depressed by silly things. It's, a, it's amazing the society that we find ourselves in. Now, Brother Bram says in the message, lift him, him up out of history. Paragraph, I don't have a paragraph here, but it says, His spirit will dwell in you, and all your life will be changed. That temper, that malice, that unforgiving spirit, that thing that will canker 
your soul in a lost eternity. That means temper, malice, unforgiving spirit will destroy your soul eternally. And let, let us agree, folks. Sometimes you lose temper for right reasons. You feel justified. Somebody cut you right in front of you in a traffic. But right there, the moment you react, you are angry. Your heart is pumping harder. Right there, the guy is not even aware of you. He's getting on with his life. But what's happening? You are upset. Your day is ruined. And what's happening? If you are, if you are the person that gets easily triggered, you, you, you know, when, when an enemy knows that if I step on your toe, you get really hurt, the enemy will gun for your toe. But if an enemy steps on your toe, you still smile. He realizes that the toe is not problematic. Are you still with me? So the enemy knows things that will make you unhappy. And when those things happen, he will keep them happening to keep you in that state of unhappiness longer. And the more he keeps you longer, your stress hormones are heightened. Your immune system is compromised. Not long, you have cancer. But how did it start? You were not able to be in charge of your environment. Are you happy this evening? Are you really, really happy this evening? It's one thing to say, are you, when you are alone, are you really happy? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You are the one that knows whether I'm happy or not happy. And if you are not happy, what are the things that are not making you happy? Even the people that wronged you, yes, sometimes, yes, you've got to forgive them. But uh, before you forgive them, sometimes you have to confront them. You have to face them and say, listen, and I know a lot of times we we get angry in a negative way. Sometimes you've got to to find a way to construct, to be constructive about everything that may be destructive. If if your father has left you when you were still young, and you, you are angry that my father left me, uh, that, that's destructive. But sometimes you've got to confront him and say, I'm angry with you that you left me when I was still here. But what makes me angry is that I'm angry because I had to know at a young age that I'm stronger and I can do it without you. The conversation changes. Did you hear that? It's not a matter of saying, I'm angry. You left us because what's happening? You don't want to empower the perpetrator while disempowering yourself. You must say your act of selfishness, as much as it was an act of selfishness, but it brought out something in me that I never knew it existed. It brought out a resilience in me that I never knew existed. Some of you are great people today because of unpleasant experiences. I'll repeat, some of you are great men and women today because of your unpleasant experiences. And sometimes when people look at you at face value, they think that everything has been going right. They think that, goodness, only if I had this life of a man. But sometimes you smile and say, only if they knew the background story, they would not want to be me despite a beautiful hairstyle. There are experiences that have built us that have made us who we are today. That sometimes 
we cannot even trust people to share with them that the reason I am who I am today is because of this experience. But again, that ex- folks, am I talking real or am I I'm just, it's just a wishful thinking this evening. Am I talking real things that people are going through? Uh, Are you with me? Brother Brenham says in the message, the true and false vines, paragraph 36. He says, the dove is the only bait there is that doesn't have a gall. They say, you know what's a gall? A gall bladder is located next to the liver. And whatever liver, there is a liquid that liver secretes and it goes and gets stored in the gallbladder. So the liver is going to use that later as part of the, it's just a, a, a green a, a, a liquid. If you have really done your chicken, you know where it is located. And you know that if it bursts, it can make your entire chicken not to be nice, you know. So what's happening, the brother Branham says, the dove does not have that. So that means the dove does not have what we call a bile. That means the dove does not have bitterness. That means the dove is holy. That means the dove represents peace. That means the dove harbors no bitterness. Therefore, a believer must never have a girl. Because why? When you have a girl, and that girl best, it spoils your entire system. It can even spoil your relationship in the family. It can even spoil relationship at work. And folks, things that we are talking about, some people can come and say, why are we talking about this? You can be a Christian, and you can go through an experience when you are still young, that can be problematic for you when you are aged, even when you are in the message, it can still destroy relationships. Brother Brenman speaks about in the message, the, I think it is total separation from unbelief. He speaks out to a certain young boy, and he says in the private interview, he says, when you were still young, you were an altar boy. And he says, I see a mark, something happened there when you were still in Catholic. The young man said, what do you mean, Brother Branham? Don't you think that thing, that thing is gone because I've been baptized in the message? Brother Branham says, that is the only dark mark that I can see in your life. And then I say, what type of mark that was able to survive baptism in the water? What type of mark that was able to survive service after service? Something must have happened to the young man when he was in a Catholic, and that made it difficult for him to move on, despite him being in the message. And I don't want to make any assumption, but I presume, venturing without authority, that it might be that there was an experience that happened down there when he was still an altar boy, but he was not able to forgive. Folks, there are people that still harbor bitterness for, towards people that we have buried 15 years ago. Are you with me? Brother Brenham, if you bring this scripture, brother. Matthew 18, verse 35. 
Let's read it. No. 18 verse 35, yes. It says, so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. He says the heavenly father will do likewise. When you can't forgive your brother, why do you expect forgiveness from the heavenly father? Why can't because the scripture says Jew do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you expect it to be forgiven, forgive. If you expect to be loved, love. Sometimes certain scarcity, things that are deemed to be scarce in your life, they, reflect, they are reflective of things that you are selfish to give out. You can't expect peace when you don't give peace. You can't expect love when you don't give love. Can't expect forgiveness when you don't give give forgiveness. And these things, they're not at a church level. They are at the individual level. Are you with me? And I hope you're with me. Let's, Let's read that other scripture before I release them, my brother. In the message, the Hebrews. You just read it. Hebrews 12, verse 18. While you bring it up, I've told you about this testimony. I love it so much. Brother Brenham is with Brother Leo and Ginny. They are driving on the road. You remember there was a time where tapes were manipulated. You remember? And the tapes represented what Brother Brenham was saying about Brother Billy Graham and Oral Roberts. He had said that they are the messengers to Sodom, not of Sodom. But now it was manipulated as if he was saying they are of Sodom. And it grieved Brother Brenham's heart because those gentlemen somewhat were involved. Now, these are young men wherever Brother Brenham went, he went with them trusted men in the ministry. Most of the tapes were done by them. Now, Brother Brenham is driving with Brother Peregrine. As they are driving for, they say it was a journey of run about three and a half hour. And Brother Brenham, he's busy. I mean, Brother Peregrine was one of the confidants of the prophet. Brother Brenham is confiding in him. He tells him of how this thing has affected him, this thing, how it made him unhappy. He spends three and a half hours talking about it, how aggrieved he was, how those brothers should have not done what they were supposed to do. Then three hours later, they pull over at a certain place. Then Brother Brenham comes out of a car. And he stretches himself because it had been a long journey. Then he says, Brother B, uh, Peregrine, do you know that Leo and Ginny now stay up the mountain? Let's go and visit them. Now, Brother Peregrine said, uh, Brother Brenham, did I hear you correctly? Are you referring to the same boys that you say they have really caused so much trouble for you? And Brother Peregrine, he says, Brother Brenham's face dropped. And he looked at him and said, Brother Peregrine, I thought you knew me better. The fact that they wronged me doesn't make me love them less. 
that's that's our prophet. Hallelujah. Because right there, you can see, humanly speaking, Brother Peregrine was saying, right now, I need to align myself with the prophet. As much as they wronged Brother Branham, they have wronged me. And we are not going to have anything to do with those both. Wherever we come across them, we must deal with them. We must leave them. That's not a Christian attitude. Brother Branham was painting a picture that, yes, I've been wrong, but it does not change my nature. As a believer, because I can choose how I reacted to the situation, because I'm still in control. This prophet was very special. To such an extent that when he goes to the restaurant, they say, when the service was bad, he gave a more tip. He didn't have, can I see a manager attitude? Gave more tip. If you take me to a restaurant, I'll observe you. He that mistreats the waitress or the waiter, next time when they say, come, I'm not going. Because sometimes they say, you check how a person would treat the people that would not do anything to them, then it tells you more about their character. Bring Hebrews 12, verse 13. I'm going to release you. Verse 14. It says, follow follow peace with all men. Not only people in your church. Not only people in your family, with all men. This, this is a scripture inspired, spoken through the mouth of St. Paul. With all, not people that look like you, not people that talk like you, not people that dress like you, with all men. And holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Amen. This I've picked it up where folks, God will lead his church by the Holy Ghost, not by church politics. Today, I mean, I might share with you, the brethren in Nell's Prayer said, we're just too many churches. At some point in time, it was three churches in one school. Message churches. This site, they sing Amazing Grace. At last, down the block, they sing Amazing Grace. What's that? What is And this one has brought a visitor. The visitor says, why at that block? They are singing exactly like us. Do you think, do you think it's in the spirit of this message? And when you go and zoom in the issues, there are no issues. It's just complexes. It's just a matter of somebody 
said something instead of somebody confronting them and saying, brother, I forgive you. Then they built on that and they got divided on That's not the spirit that brought this message. If, if we are not able to love one another when we have the same books, how are we going to love a man that is in the street? Love one another. By this, people will know that you are my disciples. Not when you preach harder. Not when you have all night prayers. Not when you fast 40 days. When you love one another, then the people will know that you are my disciples. And now the elder John comes and says, how can you love God when you fail to love your brother that you see? Spend five minutes and ten minutes with a person and hear what they say about other people. It will tell you what they say about you when you're not around. He that gossips with you gossips about you when you're not there. And if you want to be a respected Christian, when somebody begins to say, hey, you know, Brother Michael, then you say, hang on. Let's get him on the line. Let's go to his house. You have dealt with the matter. Not that he's wrong, but you have even robbed Satan of the opportunity to cause divisions. Have you ever seen somebody that has heard that somebody has said something about them, but they have not heard them directly, and they change their attitude towards them because of what somebody said? Even when they come to church, they try to avoid that. I don't want to greet him or her. But when you are a Christian, and somebody has said something about somebody, you take them and say, my sister... (laughs) I'm with that sister. You remember how we spoke? Can we carry on where we left off on Wednesday or on Tuesday at your place? Yes. They would go pink. It's not them. It's a demon cornered. But how you are doing? It looks cruel. But you want to gain your brother. You want to gain your sister. And after you have dealt it with that manner, you will begin. I, I remember, I think it was Pastor Ngurima that at that time he was telling us that they were a group of sisters that would gossip. And one of them is the first one that would go and say, hey, I need to go and confess. <laughs> the one that will rush to the pastor and say, Pastor, I've got a confession. This is what we're talking about. Can you talk for call the sisters that we're talking about? Then they, she will dish out whatever was discussed until they realized that this one is not trustworthy. But she she was helping. She could not contain that in her because it was going to spoil her system. Because she's got no girl. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness Spring up, travel you, thereby many are defiled. I remember there was a time I was somewhere, it was ministers. And when we were there, this very overzealous minister began to speak. And he said, do you know that brother so-and-so 
has got, uh, he's a pastor, he's got an investment in a casino in this other country. There was a group of ministers filled up there, and I said, hold on. Have you ever checked with the brother that you are speaking about that indeed he's got a casino business? Then he said, no. Then I said, why are you telling us something that you have not verified? I said, no, we are not carrying on, ministers. We need to give this brother a phone call, a call, a phone. He must call that brother. Ask him, and if the brother can deny it, he must repent there. Because we are not going to be moving away from this table, having a distorted view of that brother based on this gossip. Yes, some things, folks, they've got to be addressed directly. Because sometimes wrong things are perpetuated when good men are keeping silent. I don't want to get into trouble. Because I knew if I don't do anything about it, it will affect on how I view the brother. Because to me, the brother was a blessing in the body. Wherever he goes, he was a blessing. Now, this, what was being said, I said, this will misrepresent our brother. But we've got to deal with it right here. You could have imagined the tension that was around the table. But I didn't let that brother, wherever he is, even if he was to say something about somebody and I'm around the table, he will never repeat it. Can't you be such a Christian? Can't you be such a believer? I tell you, when you operate in that way, Satan will respect you. Gossipers will run away from you. But if you become a playground, a lot of people, I, I know, me, people in church are dying because this one said this. Im, imagine, I'm just giving an example. I've got ministers that come and minister here. Imagine if I go to my wife and say, so and so, brother Mpanyan, brother Dipat, brother. Will she be able to listen when she's in church? When they stand there, then there is a noise in her head. Yeah, this is what brother Mpanyan said. This is what brother Dipat said. What's happening? I'm killing my own family. Because of gossip, that's not the Christian spirit in any way. If I have a problem with them, I don't go to my wife. I face them with men and say, hey, men, ah, here I'm not happy. And if they're unhappy about my unhappiness, at least we can sort it out today. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Ministers, children in the message are dying at the fastest rate. Because the pastor says something to the mother, the mother says something to the kids. The kids, they say, see? Then they die in numbers. God bless you. Let me stop here. Let's just sing. If you have any unresolved problem with anybody, you go to them. Sometimes even when you just have a complex, you can go and say, hey, I see I'm developing a complex. I don't know what it is, but it's Satan. Let's pray about it. Then you'll see Satan being paralyzed. Let's just sing. A worshiping song. Be still and know that I'm God's sister, the body, brother. What?
will wrap up in prayer for us. still, O oh God, Father. My God, we, we put our trust in Thee, O oh God, Father, because, O oh Lord, Father, You are faithful, O oh God. Father God, tonight, O oh Lord, You spoke again, O oh Lord, Father. My God and Father God, we need to be honest, O oh God. We need to come and repent, O oh God. Yes. Father God, for, my God, we, we harbor, O oh God, unforgiveness, O oh God. Father God, and then we we claim, O oh God, that, Father God, that, O oh Lord, we, we cannot be healed, O oh God. Father, but yet, O oh God, our hearts are not free, O oh God. We are not free, O oh God, because, O oh God, of unforgiveness, O oh God. Father God, and tonight, O oh God, you came, O oh God. Father God, because you know, O oh God, there's a need, O oh God. Father God, for you to take us just another level higher, O oh God. Father God, there's that little, Father God, unbelief that is keeping us back, O oh Lord. 
And for tonight, O oh God, Father, you came and addressed it, O oh God. Mm. Father God, so many times, O oh God, we, we make believe, O oh God, that, that everything is fine, O oh God. Mm. But, O oh Lord, that little black spot, O oh God, yes. that, that is hindering us, O oh God, mm. from growing, O oh God, Father. You came and you addressed it, O oh God. And we say thank you, O oh God. Father, as we we about to disperse, O oh God, Father, we pray, O oh God. Father God, be the after speaker, O oh God. Let it be Father so. God, when we go home, O oh God, Father. Father God, that that we, we feasted on tonight, O oh God. Father God, may we go, O oh God, and enjoy even more of that, O oh God. Father God, you sent us a prophet, O oh God. Father, and we are grateful, O oh God, because, O oh God, you, this little secret, O oh God, Father, we would never have, have seen or never have heard them, O oh God. But, O oh God, you chose us, O oh God, and we say thank you tonight, O oh God. We pray your blessing to, for the rest of the evening, O oh God, Father, yes. for the rest of the week, O oh God, until so. we meet again on Wednesday, O oh God, Father. On Sunday, O oh God, we pray, O oh God, be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. you. can give us a song till we meet on Sunday. We surely are looking forward to Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.